I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Yo, 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 everybody. <laughs> Party in April's house. I'm Whee! the MC one. <laughs> Party in my kitchen. Party. Yeah, we're recording live from April's kitchen today. It's freezing cold. It's freezing cold. Yeah, it's pretty cold. Did you see that random rain that just passed through? It's been randomly raining a lot in Santa Cruz. Super rain. Well, yeah, just we could use more than random. Right, but just a sprinkle. Just a little sprinkle. So today is just a podcast with lovely April and myself. Yay! Aren't you all excited? And no, we're not just going to talk about ourselves the whole time. We have plenty to share. The topic for today is... Sexual mastery, penises, cocks, diacs. Diacals. <laughs> this applies to whether you own a diac, whether you admire a diac, there will be some information here for you. So um, we'll get into that in a little bit. But before we do, first off, we should read some more reviews. Because review of the week. We have a review of the week uh, request to read in, for April to read in German. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, are you ready for this? Wait, first of all, though, thank you for writing us reviews. We have five stars, and we appreciate everybody writing us reviews. So, if you can take a moment out of your busy day and write us a review on iTunes, that would be lovely. And we'll read it. And if you request, just like this person called Vegan Rocker did, and if you request the exact accent, April will make an attempt. (laughs) Yes. I'm pretty good at (laughs) It's a long one, though. But it is a long one. Thank you, Vegan Rocker. All right. Let me get my German on. She spent a lot of time in Germany. I did. (laughs) I used to work for Fun Factory, a German company. Perfect. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I only found the Shameless Sex podcast <laughs> a month ago, but to catch up, what this is not going well. <laughs> How about I just do parts of it in German, vegan rocker? It's really long. Okay, I'll do some of it in German. Yeah, I found the Shameless Sex podcast a month ago or so, but to catch up, I've constantly got April and Amy's voice chatting in my ear, or one of their great and informative guests. Listening to the podcast is a great way of getting simple and fun info on sex, especially on the go. I find myself wanting to send every episode to five different friends because they all have such great and helpful facts, theories, or tips. I also love listening to them with my partner, a great way to bring up topics in a non-confrontational way. Okay, German, here we go. I'm also in the beginning stages of starting up a sex info blog and listening has also given me loads of resources and motivations that shameless sex forever. Yeah. <laughs> if reading in German accent, please. <laughs> How is that? That was great. Thank that you, Vegan awesome. Rocker. And I'm sorry my German wasn't as good in the beginning. I needed to warm that one up, but 
I can try it again later. That was, no, it was good. That was good. I'm really, that was pretty awesome for just diving right in. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. I also want to share one other thing. So we have a survey on our website. Uh, if you're a regular listener, we have a survey to find out who you are. You can go to our website and go to the bottom of the homepage and find out. But someone put a comment on there in um, what could we do better? I love this comment. It says, when stuff gets conceptually close to healing with crystals, I tune out. <laughs> <laughs> But others may like it. No shame. You girls do you. I just love that because, um, well, you're being real. Awesome. Yeah. And we try to be conscientious of that because we understand there's, you know, using a lot of woo language doesn't really speak to the more of the heady logical thinker. They're a little bit like, all right, lay off the crystals. And then the crystal folks, you know, they don't want just heady woo. They want, they want some woo. So try to be in the middle. See, I'm a scientific brain, brainiac. I don't know. She's a, a brainiac, brainiac, everyone. But I'm a scientific human that digs crystals and energy. Yeah, but I understand when people are like, I don't know. I wear a crystal quartz on my finger on a regular. That's like cleansed and blah. This person blah, just blah. tuned out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've literally watched it neutralize a situation before. Yeah. So I know I and I I believe I've okay. This is all we're gonna say about it, and then we're gonna leave this conversation. <laughs> but I was listening to a po another podcast um, on actually tangentially speaking. Dr. Bruce Damer was on there, who's. Uh, works for NASA, and he was talking about uh, the origin of life and um, coming from uh, aminos on meteors. And there's some there's some gems and crystals that are actually tied into that, into the ways the origins of life work, I believe. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. That cr they aren't just things that are there for me to put close to my heart and feel the love. Like they actually uh, could have um, played a role in the contribution to something greater. But I don't. I actually don't know enough information. I was listening to that. Well, and I think this person's into hot stone massages. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that could work. That could definitely just work. make the crystals hot and put them on your body, and then boom. Maybe on your dick. Yeah. I don't know if this person was a, a had a dick. So. Have you had any good sex lately? Yes, but I want to bring that into this conversation Ooh. because I, so I, th this is what I, we're going to do. We're going to go into sexual mastery, cocks, penises, dicks, and then we'll do some sex questions at the end. How okay. do you feel about that? We've had we have a lot, of, have sex a lot of sex questions, and by the way, thank you to everyone writing us in on a regular. Uh, we appreciate it, and we will get to your sex question either by writing to you or by you know, answering your question on the air. We're working on it. We also appreciate when people send us emails to let us know that we're having, they're having technological, technological, techni yeah, yeah, technological issues with um, our podcast. Someone just told us that the anal sex episode 10 was not working and I checked and it was totally not working. So if you ever see anything like that, let us know because that helps us. Can I make an announcement? Yeah, yeah. What you got? What you got? So today officially marks the day that Hot Octopus Woo! launched their two rechargeable vibrating cock rings. What are their names? Atom and Atom Plus. And they literally, I have a drawer full of cock rings from over the years of being in the industry. These two cock rings are the most powerful ones on the market. It's been changing my sex life from because I actually need the grinding and the clitoral stim. And these are amazing. If you want to get some, they're just shipping now this week. And um, when this airs, it'll be last week. But um, they're shipping. It's like February 21st. Um, they're shipping. So I'm not trying to... Uh, you know, do a, a guilty pitch here, a sales pitch, but there really are awesome. And um, Hot people, Octopus... Where can people get them? You can go to hotoctopus.com. You can use Shameless Sex for 20% off. All caps, lowercase? I think you can just do lowercase. Cool. I think it's just all one word, Shameless Sex, uh, because 20% off. And it's only 99 bucks for this double-motored um, toy and then 85 for the single-motored, so you get 20% off of that. But 
I don't know. If you want, we can put a link um, somewhere on our website, or you can get them at Peer Pleasure when they ship to you as well. But they are amazing, and we're really proud. And we did tons of research and development, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited about these products. Cool. So check them out. Um, yeah. I need it. I need one. To I'll get you one. We have them. Pure Pleasure, too, right? Well, they haven't shipped Oh, because those are the first generation, the ones. What cock rings do we have there? Oh, no, we don't have those cock rings. Okay, you're right. You're right okay. We don't. This is our first ever cock ring. Got it. Cool. Yeah. But awesome. I will say that um, they will change a sex life, no matter if you're rocking a penis or a vulva and a penis owning couple, whatever you are, they will benefit you. Penis on penis. Um, I think that's a great penis on penis. Hey. Penis on penis. It's like my dream. Uh, <laughs> so that's a great segue. Penis into on some penis things. with glasses. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> my current partner does not wear glasses, but I have always had a thing for men in glasses. Get him some fake ones. I mean, he's he's pretty beautiful enough, but I've just, there's something about it when I've been single and you have like an attractive man, but you next to another attractive man with glasses, I would be like the guy with glasses. Is, which is you yeah. like the thick frames too well to me my brain says they must be smart which is like so not necessarily true we don't really I know have, my partner wears glasses and i have this thing where my nose protrudes just the right amount where i smudge them up all the day the gla- oh you poke it yeah and he's always like he calls me smudgy for my nickname <laughs> That's cute. he's like what's up smudgy you just smudge me up i'm like give it to me i clean them well you know smudging is also when you take sage and you smudge someone with the sage oh. you know so it's kind of like blessing someone you're cleansing someone. i'm cleansing him with my with my nose grease a little smudgy McBeagles yeah so, cute. <laughs> so sexual mastery cox dx penises um so with what april just said i want to talk about that first let's talk about that grinding what Ooh. you're talking about so the sexual mastery when we did our our poll to people we asked what what topics you all wanted to hear the most sexual sexual mastery got one oh number one not one one number one everyone was like that was number one people want, how to be a great lover so this is going to be quite very much geared towards that of how to be a great lover whether you're pleasing the cock or you have a cock i like also think that that's a, a developmental skill you can always improve no matter yes. if you probably are a great lover you but be any, there's always room to learn more and there's always room we're always changing right, right. like as we change our hormones change our relationship changes right we then we the should seasons learn change things. you you're like i'm cozy i want to i want to fuck with socks on I want my sweatpants. With I a want hole my sweatpants. The the, yeah, <laughs> actually, that's kind of hot. I've been watching porn lately where they wear their clothes and just zip out the dicka. I like that. Not sweatpants <laughs> with a hole in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> just put a sheet on and cut a hole in it. <laughs> that's not gonna work for me. <laughs> oh god, we're totally not doing that. Um, okay, so grinding and um, so what April just said with the cock rings, the hot octopus, the atom cock rings. How she likes grinding. Um, and so right now I'm going to speak to cocks and pussies in combination, and I'm not going to say that all cocks play with pussies, but in what I'm talking about right now is when cocks play with pussies. Um, and and actually not just pussies, because this would also apply to some trans folks too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so playing with, because we just did our last podcast with Allison Moon, and she said um, the same things that apply to playing with a soft cock are the, are the similar to playing with a, a trans person. So... Uh, which is a trans man. Is that what she said? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So grinding. A um, little bit of bump and grind. Pussies. So important. They like to show a lot of thrusting. A lot of, a lot in, of pounding. Out, in, out, in, out. Yeah. Pounding, in, out. A lot, a lot of, of foreplay. And I don't even really necessarily like that word because it assumes that that's like 
some like uh what word don't you like foreplay foreplay it oh. almost feels like it's taking away from what should naturally be happening like it like it's like it's an a side event or something like you can add foreplay or you don't have to and i feel like foreplay for the most part especially when it comes to pussies um needs to be a part of it for the bodies to get like really warmed up and excited well, and why so don't you like the word foreplay it, it i maybe it's not the word it's not the word oh. it's it's the, the concept behind exactly it's like a loaded I, concept to you foreplay. yeah because it's kind of like oh foreplay my partner needs so much foreplay i'm not really that into foreplay and instead we're like no it's not foreplay it's warm up so that they can be prepared like it's not just this added bonus that's like a great great sometimes it's like Almost very, very necessary, especially. I, I need it. Me too. I can't just go straight into it no. at all, ever. Yeah. No, uh, definitely not. And when you go straight into it, a lot of hard, fast thrusting. No, mm-hmm. First of all, your body's not prepared for it. Second of all, a lot of hard, fast thrusting does not get all the parts in your body that want to be touched. And we've talked in past episodes about um, how to please the pussy. So you can look up that episode and listen to more about that. But grinding you know you want to up your sexual mastery as a cock owner who plays with vulvas G- do more grinding as opposed to thrusting especially for the first like five to ten minutes that feels absolutely amazing more more of like a grinding so it's, the, it's almost like the genitals are like like kind of rub, just rubbing against each other well this is i prefer this all the time and we've talked about this before because i had to actually negotiate with my partner he loves the pumping. I love the grinding. So I'm like, we got a 50-50 this or 80-20, depending on who's, you know, the, who came. You end end who, with the pump. Start with the grind. Yeah. And and probably more of the grind because the recipient really needs, because they're the one receiving, you're the receiving the penetration. They, it's really important to consider what their body needs. And so we live in this very penis-centric culture that forgets that. Which if you're a vulva owner that loves grinding on, on your penis-owning partner, Literally, the cock rings, it's just a shaft ring. People think about cock rings, I just want to say, because I brought this up earlier, as a device that can help with blood flow. and their, Or they're like, what does it do? I, I'm scared of that. It seems like really advanced. But um, like the, the Atom, that one, the Atom Anna Plus, you can actually just wear the Atom, the regular one, as a shaft ring. So what I do with my partner, he wears it on his shaft. We don't incorporate the balls at all. And it has this little nub that basically hits my clit as I'm grinding. So I get tons of vibration, like intensity, and it gives me texture. It's designed with the vulva in mind. And it's never, ever been more exciting to grind on a partner for me yeah. since this. So that's actually is a great, a great point. And that's perfect that we're launching this product today as we're talking about this yeah, episode. Grinding. The universe just provided us all of this, right? It's in just line. meant to be divine it's crystals and be. gems and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it must be no. the crystal you're wearing in <laughs> Um, so on that note, I want to also comment on soft cocks then, uh, because cocks that can never get hard or cocks that both, okay. whether they can't ever get hard or it's hard for them to get hard. They get hard sometimes. That's confusing and challenging when the, to get hard, um, which often happens with age, but can happen due to medication, diabetes, stress, stress, yeah. stress is a killer for any age group yeah. person. You could be 18 year old and, and yeah. have soft cock situations because of your stress level and whatever you're doing. Yeah. And a lot of times when people are having erectile issues, uh, it's, it's often related to just a story in their head or related to trauma, shame. Um, they're telling themselves, I'm not going to get hard. I'm not going to be able to stay And hard. then you keep thinking about that and then it just perpetuates it the situation. Yeah. Psych out. So there's that heart component. But what I really wanted to talk about was because a lot of times when people are dealing with soft cocks, they 
think that they're screwed. There's nothing that they can do no to pleasure. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, well, no, they're not screwed. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because really they, there's, they feel like they're inadequate. They can't do anything. And in fact, what, with what April was talking about, how much she likes grinding, the reason why she likes grinding is because the sensation is stimulating your external vulva. Right. So it's all the clitoris, the labia. So if you had a soft cock and you actually just took your soft cock without even inserting it or just inserting the soft, you can even you know just hold the tip inside or, or a little bit if you're dealing with a vulva. Um, and to just do grinding, that could feel so amazing. Like, like there's just because a cock is soft doesn't mean you don't get to play. There's so many options on the table for you. Maybe hard penetration is on the table, but there's devices made for that. Like the um, the spare parts deuce harness. Mm, yeah, it's a great. It's deuce D E U C E. It's a harness that on the top. There's two holes. The top holes for. The dildo, so you wear a hard dildo, and the bottom holes for your own homegrown cock to hang out. And so your own cock can have stimulation, and then you can actually penetrate with a hard dildo. Or if you want to go back-to-back session after session after session, mm-hmm. you could rock that thing. Or a double penetration. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, well, you have to be hard in the other, in the cock. But one of the pink. Yeah. One of the stank. Yeah. Shock, I- shocker. <laughs> <laughs> do we're actually not condoning the shocker? No, I'm just kidding. You can do whatever Hey, why want. not? I don't know. I condone the shit out of the do shocker. You, do you like the shocker? Yeah, and the spocker. Actually, See, the spocker is where I go. The spocker is two in the pink. Two in the stink. You do that. I don't do it. Oh. I get that done to me. So this is. I've never thing. done it to anyone. This is this is what I'd like to say about that. I feel <laughs> like we shouldn't call it the spocker. No, I feel like when one <laughs> when some fingers go into the pussy and then some other fingers go in the ass, they're both getting kind of half ass stimulation, where it'd be a lot more efficient. Like it just kind of feels like it's not. It's just oh, that's a lot of intensity. But it feels like if they have just the focus on my pussy, I would real they would like really refine the touch or or on my ass. It's just, it feels like it's I just cutting get corners. super turned on and I'm like, put it in every hole. <laughs> well, that's hot. See, so that's what happens. You have something and in your mouth at the same time? Yeah. yeah. What? You have something in your mouth at the same time? Cock in your mouth? Um, Shocker in the, everything No, else? there hasn't been a cock in the mouth. I think I'm just like... What about the ears? The nose? No. So I guess, you know, it's just a fantasy of mine to have every hole filled, but I get there with the spocker. The spocker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so that was soft cocks. Do you know what the showstopper is? What's that? Three in the pink, one in the stink. That would just stop my show. (laughs) And (laughs) the podcast is over. (laughs) All right, next we're moving Moving on. um, Ejaculatory control. So this is another one of those things where people are often in their heads. This is related to the stories, um, meaning if someone has a hard time controlling their ejaculate. Um, At one point, it may have been challenging to do. They ejaculated too early. We are not fans of using the term premature ejaculation because um it's like you know pre premature for for whom i guess and so it's it's all contextual it's relative yeah, right it's, uh-huh yeah subjective if you will yeah it just depends on you know is it premature because you think that you came to what you what you would call it too early that you were a failure or does your partner or partners think that same thing or is it just what society says sex should be because i think if you look at the oh, excuse me um if you look at the <laughs> It was the wine got me. Uh, if you look at the statistics for the average um, length of sexual for penetration, like how long people are actually having sex, uh, I, th- I think it's talking about penis and vagina sex. Um, it's not very long. It's only a matter of a couple minutes. And so, if you're one of those people, you're actually in the gay average. community as well. Uh, same same numbers. That's why they use a lot of desensitizing uh, um, devices with Novocaine. Or cock rings can help. With that. Cock rings can help as well, but yeah. or condoms. Or condoms. Yeah, condoms are really helpful. I never, like I've never been a, a shaming person when my partner ejaculates quickly, if you yeah. will, in my eyes. Which, um, but I'm always 
I always look at them and I say, hey, my turn. Yeah. You just chill. Just talk dirty to me in my ear. Yeah. Or use your fingers, your mouth. Yeah. I think that's the other thing is they feel like once the cock is off the table because it's it's ejaculated and now they're in the refractory period where they can't get hard again or or maybe they can, but it's not as hard. Maybe they're tired. You still have fingers in a mouth yeah. and you can use those to pleasure all kinds of orifices. Just re-up, go hop in, you know, to splash some cold water on your face to wake up. Got this! I got this! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go back in there and get to it. Or if you are over your sexual experience, your encounter for the evening, but your partner is still um, needing or wanting more, bust out a toy. Sex toys, yeah. yeah. I don't know what you use with sex toy on you. But I would like to just explore the... So that was exploring the idea of... Um, questioning what is too coming too soon already. Um, some ways to work with ejaculatory control. There's a couple of different ways. And we've talked about it on past podcasts a little bit, but one way I want to talk about is changing your masturbation practices. Mm-hmm. And we actually got some feedback from someone in an email that we had given some advice to someone that was having some ejaculatory stuff. And I actually, we didn't talk about this. And um, I so I think it's important to talk about. So thank you, whoever you are that uh, sent that to us to remind us to include this because um, I would like everyone to know. April, I would like you to know this. April, who started masturbating at age six with um, with would you masturbate? Barry, Barry. the bear. Um, good old Barry, not next door neighbor Barry. Barry believe it. No. <laughs> it was my bear. Is there a Barry next door? No, but oh. just in case people are like what? Who's Barry? Oh no, because <laughs> it sounds like Barry's actually, not a human. It's yeah. a stuffed animal. Stuffed animal. So the way we first started touching ourselves when we were younger very much uh, determines and reflects the way we pleasure ourselves and have orgasms as adults. What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also... Let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you want, want hardcover, yeah. audio. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> are you ready for the Unleashed Tour? where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment. Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. 
Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. So if you were younger, say you were a penis owner and you started masturbating, but you were worried about mom or dad walking in the room and you started, had to masturbate fast and hard. And when you orgasm, you had to orgasm really quietly uh, because they could walk in the room at any moment. That often carries on into your adult life. And it's not a permanent fixture in your adult life. But it is something that if you do decide you want to shift it, whether it's to learn to get off to slow and soft, um, to learn to orgasm loudly, you just start to practice those things. And the way you practice them is by masturbating. Uh, so you can undo that. And you don't have to. There's no shame in that. If you like quiet orgasms, awesome. I personally think the louder you are, the more. I do too, but I'm, I'm always conditioned to be quiet as well. How are they now? What are you doing? I you, I actually have to tap in and get more vocal. Often I think about it. I'm like, why am I being so quiet? But when I'm masturbating uh, solo, when I, independently, there's no one at home. There's no one at home. I'm super quiet. I don't. You're still quiet. I am. Interesting. It's weird. So is it weird? That's not. I I mean, of course it's not weird. Why wouldn't I just scream? Because you have conditioning that told you that you need it's to be true. quiet. You don't want to be too it's, much. I've never really been vocal when I'm alone. When I'm with a partner, I'm more vocal. I don't think I clicked off my microphone. Oh, I have heard you had sex before. You have? Yeah, I think maybe three times, maybe a couple times. I've never heard you. It was when you were married. Oh. Yeah, with your husband. (laughs) I'd like to (laughs) conclude that. Yeah, it was your husband. Just to clarify. Um, okay. So, okay. So yeah, you're talking about noise, um, right. being vocal. So that's, that often does, like you just said, you know, being, being quiet when you were younger, so you don't want to get in trouble or get caught or be too much or, yeah. um, this can happen. Like you start masturbating in the college dorms, but you can't have someone hear you. So you have to do it quiet. And, um, being vocal is really, really helpful to move energy through our bodies. Like if I'm going to have an orgasm, like, uh, 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 I just came, you know, that's it. <laughs> I could probably have like a cool orgasm, but it probably wouldn't be like vibrating through my whole body. And we have a long nerve system that connects from our throat to our pelvic floor. It's the longest nerve system. It's called the vagus nerve. And it literally connects from our genitals to our throat. So when we sound during orgasm, it actually vibrates that energy all through our bodies. This isn't just gems and crystals, people. This is like a real scientific thing. Is that why the ears feel so good when you have somebody? Are they related to the vagus nerve? Because I... everyone likes ears. I know, but I'm just trying to connect the dots because for me, my ears are super sensitive and it does shoot all the way through my body. Me too. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. It's like really enjoyable. It's like one of my favorite parts of my body. Me too. It almost feels like I get like giddy like a little kid. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Stop it. No, keep going. I know. Stop it. I remember when I first discovered ears, I was in high school. I think I was like 17 or so. And 
I discovered it and like it was like eargasmic. I don't think I wasn't like my muscles were in contraction, but, but like not that kind of orgasm, but my whole body was shuddering. It was amazing. Right. And I wanted to spread the good word, you know, like putting my my lips on my tongue on people's ears and half of them were really into it and half of them were like, I don't like I don't it. like the tongue. I just like the no, it's breath. A light tongue. It's a I just light. do the like breath. Yeah. No, I like the breath. Just breath. You yeah. know what? So for an ear technique that I like. Oh. So I mean just some some breath, maybe some light lips. But if you just lightly, no, you're not gonna like. I hate when people take their tongue and like dig it around because that feels like they're trying to clean my ears. That's like a free ear cleaning. Yes, no, thank you. <laughs> Can you do that? But if you just, <laughs> no, thanks. But if you just take the tongue, you kind of dab it into the ear and out, like, like for, you know, dab it in for a second, pull it out, and then you suck. You pull the air out. It, it gets this like wet cooling effect. Really hot, really into it. Again, someone has to like ear stuff. Want me to try it on you right now, Chip? I'm partly deaf in my right ear. That's from an eleven-year-old accident. No wonder you can't hear me when I'm yelling at you. <laughs> yeah, that's why I talk really loud as well. I speak loudly because of an accident in What's ear. What's my excuse? You don't. Talk, you don't speak that. I loudly. project my voice. Do you? Oh, yeah, totally. Tangent. Anyways, um, <laughs> so. But yes, yes, please. I would like ears. you to do that. Okay. Come on over. Well. You're too far away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. Um, okay. So anyways, that was yours. Back to ejaculatory control, though. Um, so, so masturbation practices and the ways we first started touching ourselves. So the ways to learn this is to start practicing on your own. You can start doing these things with your partner. So say, um, like we were saying, for the sounding, like April will use you as an example. You're a quiet masturbator um, and you're quiet when you have sex. So you would make it a point to whenever you masturbate to start being vocal when you have an orgasm, which means you're going to get a little heady right before, like in your head, right. right before you have an orgasm. So it might take a little bit for you to really drop into it. But once you start practicing and playing with it, then it could become natural for you in a default and your orgasms might be more powerful because of that. So this is an example. I will say, wait, just to, sorry to interrupt you, uh, when I watch porn... I need more vocal porn for you me. You want that silence? No. Ugh. I'm always like, this is awkward. And then I switch it up. But, uh, and I like when the dudes, and I think I've talked about this, when the uh, the uh, men featured in the in the film are vocal, more vocal. It's hot. It's, it's hot. attractive. So there's another thing in sexual mastery. If, you, if you're the person that wants to up your game, being vocal actually could be more attractive to your partner, can show more confidence. Use some dirty talk. Yeah, and but you can do dirty talk with just sounds. How do you like this cock? Up no, in do there. it in German accent. How do you like this cock in there? Yeah, <laughs> you like this cock? You got a big cock. See, now she's really dropped in. <laughs> <laughs> I put it up in that pussy. Yeah, or that butt. Yeah, you like this? Yeah, this. Yeah, like this or like this? Like that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> like this and like that and like this and all. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> all right, all right. <clears throat> Sorry. So uh, this is the other thing. I'm just, I'm, I will tangent. Our tangent is that in our um, our our feedback from people, like half of you were like too many tangents, and I, a couple of you, well, okay, more than half. A lot of you just said too many tangents. A couple of you were like, I love your tangents. <laughs> I learned so much in your tangents, and they're so funny. But just to be clear, <clears throat> this is just you and I having a conversation. This is unscripted. So for it's those true. of you who don't like tangents, Amy and I are literally catching up with each other and talking about the subject. So it's 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 Pretty similar to a regular conversation that we would have. I literally came over here and told her, this is what we're talking about. And I'm <laughs> like, said, okay. Okay. But I, I, 
I don't know if I know a lot about that. Oh, she knows like a lot that. about that. She like, yeah, you do. She knows all kinds of things. She's fine. Okay, so back to jacket okay. Okay. control. A jacket took control. Okay. So we talked about the vocalizing. Now let's talk about the ejaculatory control part for the, okay. for the cock. So you have a cock. You come pretty quickly and you're not that happy about it. First of all, if you come quickly and you're okay with it, then then that's okay. That's fine. And um, perhaps if your partner is shaming you a bit about it, you should have a conversation with them. Yeah, because it's not cool to shame people right. for that. It's not cool. Your partner actually uh, has the ability to develop skills to support you in it. They can say... If you're a partner, okay, we can talk about that sexual mastery on the other side. Say you have a partner that is coming really quickly and you would like to have longer periods of sexual activity. Um, one thing you can do is to start to coach them to slow down. So start when they're actually having sex instead of breathing really fast and moving really fast, have them start to slow down and say, hey, will you breathe with me? And start to model a really slow, deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, and have them join you. And this could be a really exciting way to connect with your partner yeah, and if they tend to right and if they tend to still ejaculate faster than you would like a, from a partner perspective work with them use it as like a workshop every time and you don't have to time them but sort of get, yeah tap in tune in do the breath work i like that yeah yeah and then you can also just ask them to to um to slow down like let's slow down for a moment or let's stop for a moment i just want to feel um, your cock inside of me or, you know, whatever, however you're playing. So to just really direct it. And then you can also have a conversation with them. Um, hey, I love, we always talk about this positive reinforcement in the beginning, right? So um, I love playing with you. I love having sex with you. I love connecting with you intimately and, not but, and um, I'd love if we could explore ways to prolong it. And then, of course, their shit's going to come up. They're going to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm not enough. And just let them know that, you're just happy to play with them. And no matter what, you're happy to play with them, even if they don't last 20 hours. In fact, your orifice probably doesn't want to play for 20 hours anyways. Um, and you feel like there's a lot in there that you can play with and you want to know if you two can explore. I always ask my partner to let me know when he's going to come. And I encourage it at no matter what um, length of time we've been going into our experience. I said, just tell me when you're going to come because he was never used to that. And so now he does let me know. With someone telling him? Someone telling me like, hey, I'm going to come. I, I, I do the same thing because I think that a lot of people, at least from what I've, when I was in my days of partner freeness, when Single. I was being shangle, uh, a lot of folks, men specifically that I was uh, hooking up with wouldn't let me know when they were going to come. But I think it's, it's a turn on, but also you can kind of, Maybe if they're like, I'm going to come, I'm going to come, you can kind of gauge it or ask them to tell you maybe faster if they feel it coming, um, tell you earlier on than they normally would than right before. And then you could work with them in that way as well. Yeah. And I think, I think also saying I'm going to come is a form of sexy talk. You yeah, know, just, sure. just it's very simple. You're just being very clear about what's happening. I'm going to come. But it's already like, oh, that's how they just said the word come. And they're yeah. Gonna, yeah. I'm doing that to them, too. Ooh, exciting. Ooh. So, OK. So um, for this ejaculatory control practice, so we give the example of um, perhaps it seems like it's hard to control your ejaculate and just give an example of how you can be a supportive partner for someone who is going through that. Don't shame them. Don't tell them you always do this or don't roll over angrily. Like talk to them about it. And as the person that has the penis, so what you can do is start masturbating slow and soft. 
instead of fast and hard. Or maybe if you, even if you don't even have a masturbation practice, start to have one and start to have one where you touch yourself slow and soft, where you don't watch porn and you don't give yourself an orgasm in three minutes. You don't touch yourself that one way that you know will always bring you over the top. You drag it out and explore the sensations that are available to you and purposely, maybe even set a timer that says that you can't come until 15 minutes and you make this a regular thing, your body will learn to get off to slow and soft and to be able to last longer. It's because... 15 minutes? Maybe 20. I don't know. That's a want. long time. I know. April's like, I don't want 15 minutes. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just, it's a practice of... You're talking about when you're masturbating. It's for masturbating, not for sex. I'm talking about masturbating. Still, that's a long time. But if you do that on your own, as opposed to like, I'm going to wake myself really hard to this porn and get off in three minutes, of course you're going to come pretty quickly when you have sex. I find myself searching for the right porn for about 10 minutes. So that that time does not count. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I do find the right piece of porn, it lasts for about 35 seconds. That's because you whip out your vibrator. I know, which I'm on a strike still. Yes, it's called the Nemesis. It hasn't been going well the strike. You know what? You should design a vibrator called the Nemesis. Ooh, we nope. should. We should. Okay, that's not coming out soon, everyone. Nemesis. <laughs> the nemesis. <laughs> oh, so but uh, yeah. So I, I, and I, again, one of our listeners reminded me of this, this practice, and this is something I talk about in all my sex ed classes. And I don't know how I forgot this before, but this is the best way to learn new techniques: is to go and practice on our own to retrain the brain to make this the default. You, I, I promise you that if you started to do this and you did this every day instead of wanking yourself off really quickly or not even trying this but having sex and coming really, really quickly, if you started to develop this practice, it will change something in your ejaculatory control. And the other piece is muscle structure, which we know, you know. Um, the hot hel- towel. I mean, the hot, yes. wet towel on the deck. Yeah, remind the, the listeners of that story. That's a good story. I was in college dating this gentleman at the time we were not serious we actually never had sex we maybe did a little um you know just the tip action jtt yeah i'm pretty sure but um anyway long and short of it uh he would do these dick exercises with a wet towel and he was convinced that it would help him um with his ejaculatory control and at the time i did not know about that but he was very much right and although we never slept together he did bang it out with a few of my friends, and I think he lasted a long time in those Woo. experiences. Because yeah, those muscles, those pelvic floor muscles, we always think of them as for women and for. His mom was an OBGYN too, oh, so he knew what was. He up. knew all the things. Yeah. He yeah. was like in Venezuela, and he he like slept with like thirty girls in Venezuela, and he came back. He's like, "Mom, I slept with thirty girls," thinking that she'd be happy that he came clean to her, and she's like, "What? You need to get tested." And he was like, "Really?" Well, so the- he. Yeah, that's probably a good idea, though. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah, he swear to high-five from his mom. Yeah, he was wanting to high-five. He's like, I thought she'd respect me for just being totally open and honest with her, but no, she was scared for him. <laughs> She's like, you might have <laughs> something. Um, so if you want to learn more about pelvic floor health, we're not going to go too deep into it, but listen to episode 31. It goes, all. we actually have a doctor, Dr. Sarah Tanza, talking about pelvic floor health. This applies to all bodies, but um, your pelvic floor health has a lot to do with ejaculatory control as well. When when you watch porn and you see them shooting their ejaculate across the room, that's because they have really strong muscles. And um, we're not really highly suggesting that because I don't know. Do you, April? Do you get off to see an ejaculate fly? No, because I'm a clean freak. So if I had to clean that shit off my wall on a regular (laughs) and I did or forgot about it, I'd be like, "What? What if they were they were at their house and it like shot all the way up onto their own face? Would that be interesting to you? Would that be hot? (laughs) Would you just laugh? You'd laugh. I mean, I would definitely laugh. You know, I've never swallowed cum. 
I know we talked about this in the last podcast. Yeah, so I still haven't. So it's on my it's on my goal. This is list. the new goal that we're going to update people on, and when April finally <laughs> swallows cum, <laughs> if you all want, and there's to nothing against it, I just never have swallowed cum. And you said it's because you're kind of a germaphobe. I was a germaphobe, and um, bat. I, I and this is literally like I brush. I keep my toothbrush in my mouth too long, and I start gagging. You don't have to put it all the way in the back of your throat. The toothbrush? You don't. Both the cock <laughs> or the toothbrush. The cock, you just, all the nerve endings are on the head of the cock. So you can just no, put your I know. mouth on the head and it's, then use your It's just your a hand. matter of, for me, I felt like, I don't know. It just never has been a thing that I, I've. I mean, there's no shame, you know, to each their own. If you're not into jacket, we talked about this in the, one of the last ones, but I really like <laughs> that you just gave us a new thing. And I would like. My new objective for the is, month? I would like to invite anyone to um, design like a special card for April or like a trophy for when she <laughs> Actually takes a load in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my anal virginity is gone finally after 35 years on the planet. I know. We talked about that last Twice, time. Twice. Two times. It's Chip, I'm becoming a regular. She said more anal sex than I have. You like anal? Anal. You want anal? I love anal. Yeah, me too. But it takes a lot of time, so I don't always have time for it. This is not speaking of time. Episode. Speaking of time. <laughs> yeah. Ejaculatory control. Okay, ejaculatory control. Well, that was, that was kind of my key points there. That, okay. Um, and as a partner, so sexual mastery. As so a let's part- say you have a partner that doesn't listen to this podcast that you want to encourage to, uh, that that in your opinion, you're like, God, I, I wish that they could last a little longer when we do have our experience. What would be like the key points to, t- to talk with them about or to sit down besides having them listen to this podcast, which would be great, but some takeaways are... So I think what we said before was um, sitting them down and not during sex sex because everyone's very vulnerable. Outside of the bedroom. Outside the bedroom. Say something good that is authentic. So I love connecting with you. I love having sex with you. I love your body on top of my body. I love fucking you. I I love love your caca. I love your dick in my ass. Wait, caca could be poo. Caca. I love your (laughs) caca. So, yeah. So say something, something that is authentically good so that they're not automatically like, oh, fuck. And then use the word and, because if you use the word but, people are often like, uh-oh, what's next? And then say the critique after, and not like, I'm so disappointed that... But, but you can use empowered language. Um, I love connecting with you, and um, I'd love if we could extend our sexual play. It doesn't have to be with your cock hard the whole time, or with you inside of me the whole time. And I'd love if we could just find ways to play in that window that um, made it so that we could extend our connection, our closeness for a longer period of time. And so that opens up the doors. And then you can discuss ways. You know, part of it could be, could we have sex for a slower period of time? Oh, here's something I learned that could help you to be able to have sex for a slower period of time. Or here's the other piece of it. As the partner... You know, I personally think that the cock owner, it's more efficient for them to go practice on their own in a masturbation practice um, to learn to get off to slow and soft and to go longer. And again, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. I'm not saying that going longer is the norm or what you have to do. I've had sex plenty of times for only a matter of minutes that have been awesome. I wasn't but I had a lot for of foreplay. years. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of foreplay. Quickies were like my thing for years. But you had a lot of other stuff, external vulva, yeah. nipple, making out all over the body. Like right. to me, that stuff's more important. It's just a matter of what you want. If you're feeling as though you require more time yeah. with your partner. Yeah. This, these are the these are the tools yeah. being and provided. Yeah, as and as a supportive partner, you can also. So here's this will bring me to the next piece of it. Then this is a great segue: erotic massage versus hand jobs. 
Mm. Hand jobs are all about getting from point A to point B. Point A is arousal. Point B is orgasm. Or we'll use them as a um, something to get us to. I love uh, an HJ. I, I love HJs. Say, I really great. do. They're not under. They're not underrated. HJs are awesome. Yes. And so this is why I think some people don't like HJs because people try to rub the cock without lube. And of course, it's just friction. So some people are like, oh, just suck it or fuck it. You've heard that one before. Yeah. And I think that their experience has been, because, you know, suck it or fuck it means you have a warm, wet mouth and a warm, wet pussy or ass or whatever. You're, well, the ass isn't wet. You have to add lube. But with HJs, if someone were, if I were to take my dry hand and put it on someone's dry cock and then start rubbing it, of course it's not going to feel good. No. It's a mucous membrane the, on the, co- the cock, and so is the pussy. That's why uncircumcised cocks are amazing. Free lube. Yep, free lube. So but HJs are awesome, and they need lube. So get your Uber lube, everyone. Stock up on Uber your Uber lube. lube. Best lube ever. You can get it on Pure Pleasure's website using coupon code SHAMELESSSEXPP in all caps. And you can keep it on your like bedside table because it literally looks like a fancy gore- yeah, cosmetic bottle of some kind. And we're bringing back the handjob. And I know a lot of people love handjobs. My partner the other day, though, we actually, this okay, this is what we did last night. It was really fun. Ooh. We did this thing last night where uh, we had this deep conversation opening up about some vulnerability around sexuality. And we ended it by um, by me saying, I'm just going to pleasure you and I'm just going to pleasure you with your hands. And because he was like, I really love handies. Like, Wait, he, loves he said, I'm going to pleasure him. Oh, you hands. said I'm going to pleasure you and only with my hands. Only with my hands. Oh, God. So it. we both got naked. He laid. We have this huge, awesome beanbag that our friend gave us. So when you come over, you can just imagine my partner in there getting a handy. <laughs> Great. I'll be like, are there some snail tracks on there? <laughs> snail tracks. <laughs> so what we did, though, is we did this exploration where I said, there's, you know, there's no pressure. We're not trying to get anywhere. And actually, the intention was for me to massage his cock uh, for as long but as... But only your hands, no mouth. Only my hands. With what about your titties? Uber, with a lot of uber lube. No, I was, we were both naked and we had this position where he was kind of lounged out, but like kind of propped up. And then I had one leg under him and one leg over him. So we were both comfortable. This is the other thing. When we're giving, you know, blow jobs, hand jobs, all these things, make your body comfortable. It's as true. Yeah. It's true because I've had my knees like buckling before in weird positions. The other day I did some Cirque du Soleil stuff on my couch. Were you upside down? Uh-huh. Were you, were you deep throating upside down? Uh, I was deep throating and then he was eating my pussy while my legs were like uh, in an acrobatically spread style. Did you have your stripper heels on? You clacked them? No, I was barefoot. No. Oh, but it was really cool. That sounds pretty And then hot. he told his friends when we were at dinner, he's like, yeah, then April got all Cirque du Soleil. I was like, I'm comfortable with that. That people know that about me. Well, now the whole air knows, so you should be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> nice try, privacy. Um, okay, so what what we did? Got a lot of lube, lit some candles. He was naked, I was naked. I we had this deep conversation. So we all the deep conversation itself was foreplay. Like okay. we crossed some beautiful barriers together and came into this point of connection by sharing our you know our fears or how can we um, pl- you know come and pleasure each other better how can we show up for each other in better ways Hmm. and then so what we did what i did was i took the lube and i started just massaging his cock and i just started trying all what i would start doing first was i started touching different parts of the cock so i touched um up and down the vein so that where the urethra is that vein on the undercarriage the main vein and i just asked him how does this feel and he's like that feels really good lots of nerve endings there then I touch around the frenulum just with the, the, um, the pads of my thumb. How does this feel? I already know. I know that these parts feel the best. Right. 
really good. Then I just kind of press around the head of the cock because he's circumcised. Um, how do these feel right here? Kind of rubbing that. And he's like, eh, I don't really feel much. And then the front of the cock, how does this feel? Oh, I don't really feel very much. Swirling my finger around the head. And just, just every part of him, I would do some sort of technique or touch and just check in with him. And then once we found one that felt really good, I'd stay there for a little while and for like a minute or two, then I'd switch up to something else. And I did it all over the head, all over the shaft. And then I even went down the testicles and I even went to the shaft, the part of the shaft that goes into the internal part of the body. And did you do any anal play? No anal. But what we discovered in this, there was a couple ways that he liked to be touched that he didn't even know. Mm. Number two, there was no gold. So he got to fully relax. And he was just the, the smile on his face while he was receiving. Like I've never seen him so happy and receptive was there the only conversation that was had was like if if he liked yeah me just asking questions about the the touch and then just so there's no sexy dirty talk no not at all it was just an exploration and so Mm -hmm. that i would call an erotic massage i wasn't wanking him and and actually what you know i also did i said show me how you masturbate and i've seen it many times before but just in this process i wanted to see it again so he started kind of wanking himself and i was like okay i see that okay no more of that we're not wanking right now and because it's, you know, it's fast and hard. My partner doesn't masturbate. Ever? Ever. No? I mean, that's, I mean, I, He's I like, do you see these calluses often. on my hand? Do you think that would feel good? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'll get I was like, you a touche. Like, like, do you have a masturbation glove? Yeah, hot octopus? <laughs> he has one, but. He's not into it. Yeah, he's not into toys. He wants to play with pussy. And that's totally normal. I'm that's the one totally that's into, to- into toys. And he's very um, accepting of my needs and, and the toys. But yeah, he doesn't masturbate. Because I love, like when my partners masturbate in front of me from time to time, I have no um, qualms with that. I think yeah. it's, it's a okay, but yeah, he's not into it. So yeah. Different but anyway, different yeah, different yeah. Literally. just thought I'd bring that up since maybe yeah. there's people out there that are in the same boat. Yeah. Well, my partner also doesn't masturbate much these days. He used to masturbate often before, and now he's not really master. doesn't have a regular practice. And, but if he did, that's what it would look like was, kind of a faster, you know, major focus on the head of the cock. And, um, and so I wasn't touching him that way. I was definitely focusing on the head of the cock, but rubbing the whole shaft, but I was going really slow and soft. And, and so after about 15 minutes, I don't know, maybe even 20 minutes, I'm not sure. Then, then eventually we decided that he was going to come like together. We're like, he's like, can I come? And I was like, yes, we can. And, but I'm, you have to come to me touching you slow and soft. I'm not going to speed it up. And so, and that's what I did. I just kept touching him slow and soft. And, and it worked. Came. Yeah. So this is a great practice, again, for that ejaculatory control thing. Or even if someone doesn't have an ejaculatory control issue, um, do this for your partner. It's fucking awesome. It feels so good. It felt so good for me to give that. And I learned so much. And I there was no pressure on me. I was just there in service. And it felt good, so good for my partner to receive that. And this can go to vulvas too. This isn't just for penises, but I don't know. I was like, I was, I had a great night last night and I didn't receive anything. I just gave and it was awesome. Sometimes it's good to just be a giver. Yeah, I agree. I'm into that. Yeah. Way to do your services. I'm in service, everyone. <laughs> Reporting for duty. Amy Reporting Baldwin. Reporting for duty. All right, so that's the end of uh, Sexual Mastery Cox. I'm sure we'll have another episode on this um, next time, or maybe soon we'll do Sexual Mastery Vulvas. But let's do some sex questions. So, 
All right. So we are going to read a question from A, who subject, the subject line is shamed for low sex drive. And this is a really long one. I'm going to try to paraphrase um, because I want to do justice to the question. Um, so there, just bear with me. And I think everyone will benefit from listening to this. Okay. This, so, okay. He does not respect my body boundaries and will randomly put his hands in unwanted places. I'm reading a book on the couch, random hand down my shirt. I'm making breakfast, random hand down my pants. I cannot help but pull away at these moments because it's surprising and feels awful. And he responds with anger, assuming I'm repulsed by him. When I've explained multiple times, I feel like I am being molested by someone I should trust. Recently, he started complaining about my low sex drive and how I am lazy for not Googling what must be wrong with me. I have been to multiple healthcare professionals who have not been able to help and just recommend that I drink more wine to be in the mood. His comments are something that seriously hurts my confidence as he shamed me for my body's natural ebb and flow of sexual desire as well as how I take care of myself when I feel I am at peace with this. Okay, so recently since completing completely going off hormonal birth control and the IUD, I feel like I now have about every other month where my sexual desire explodes just to be replaced with that normal lack of sexual interest I feel. I attribute this to my menstrual cycle, but I'm not sure. So it's not like I have a sexless relationship. Um, and the question is, is it time to let this toxic partner go despite the fact that the rest of the relationship is going well? How can you explain to someone that your emotional feelings for them are not represented by sex? Is this actually my fault? And I am not being respectful to his needs. I would appreciate, I would appreciate any feedback, ladies. Thank you so much. Definitely not your fault. No, certainly not, not at all. No, you're not doing anything wrong. Um, I would agree. I would probably say that most uh, women who just had a, a hand go down their pants without a lot of other stuff, as we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, um, you know, the f getting rid of the word foreplay, just the warm up, the connection, the the touch that is everywhere but the genitals. Um, it's they would say the same thing. And also to a that wrote this in. You described the relationship as toxic, so that might be something that you want to look into. If you feel as though it is a toxic relationship and that there's nothing that you can do at this point, if if there if your partner he is um, not trying to work with you as well to um, help the relationship go into a better direction, perhaps it is time to move on. It's I'm not anti that decision. Yeah, that's a big word to use. So and maybe maybe it wasn't feeling. Maybe you're just saying it's only toxic in this department, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would agree with April that if it feels like there's a lot of it that's really hurting you and creating a lot of shame, you can, and this is the thing, you can just leave or you can have a conversation with them before and then if it feels like it's a dead end, you know, hey, um, I'm realizing that um, every time that I'm starting to feel like I'm broken. That's what you can say. You're, you're not making me feel like I'm broken, but I'm starting to feel like that. Um, when something comes up and um, you say X, Y, and Z, I feel this. I feel broken. I don't feel like I'm enough. I feel like there's something wrong with me. And that's really hurtful to me and not good for my being. So um, either I would like for us to consider to do something about it or I might need to leave. And I coming from the I feel place is super important. Not yeah. blaming, always shifting it to your feelings, how you feel. Remember, no one can make you feel any way. Uh, you have five different people that hear the same five 
whatever pieces of information, they all will feel a different way about the, those pieces of information or comments. So I say have the conversation. And uh, it looks like that you had written in the earlier part of the email that you're you're only 23 and um, it, you have there's time and space. Work on yourself. Do what you feel is happy that that puts you in a happy space and come from that empowered place of you can you can find the best person for you out there ever. Just use your thought process and just know that you're an amazing, awesome human and plant that in your brain. And just know that it's a hundred percent normal to want more than just a hand down your pants <laughs> and, yes. and, and to need more. So there's no shaming for your low sex drive. As you said, uh, your sex drive will shift. I had a super low sex drive for a long period of my life where I thought something was wrong with me. And I was also on hormonal birth control for a lot of those years. And um, I know now being off of all birth control that I have a high sex drive. So uh, now that you're off those things, maybe it'll take time to shift, but you'll find your sex drive um, coming back again. And perhaps it's the person that you're with. Yeah. Sometimes they can totally put out the flame that's burning deep inside of you. Well, why would you have a high sex drive if someone is shaming you right. and is just sticking their hands down your pants and not regarding your whole, like considering your whole body and your whole being and all your sensuality and giving you all the warm up? I mean, if there's, if you have a pussy and they just stick their hands down your pants because they're ready to go, your pussy takes at least four, you know, four approximately four times as long to get aroused. It right. is not ready for a hand to just go in it. It's no. just not. So that is not, that's not yours. And I thank you for sharing this, yeah. A, because that's I can see there's some trauma that you've experienced probably earlier on in your life with another relationship, as you mentioned. Um, and I think that to break the patterns, do what makes you happy. Because I think when you find your happiness, knowing that no one else can bring that to you aside from yourself, that is when you will have real breakthroughs and find the people that honor and cherish and treat you like a queen. And you deserve that. So thank you for sharing, though. Woo! That's really good. I'm glad that was, a, that was an epic question. That was an epic question for yeah, sure. That's an important question. It is. And oh, and by the way, OMGS. Go have your partner watch OMGS. Right. OMGS.com. Um, and P.S. If they're not willing to do the work, that's when you should. But like, I'm not going to should you, but ask ask some questions. Why? Why won't you do that work? Yeah. Is it a dead end? Because right. Why would don't stick around for a dead end? No, you know, don't. you're young. You have a lot of your whole life ahead of and you. And Amy and I are positive people, but I will tell you, there's some times where you have to uh, draw a line and, and create your boundaries. And if someone's not going to do the work and you're going to do the work, it might not work out. Yeah, there's other people. Seven point six billion people and the population is growing. Counter is ticking as yeah. we speak right now. So remember that uh, you uh, you can find another person that suits your needs and um, and creates. Uh, a happy space and a, and a happy life with you. So, yeah. Do you have one more? Let's do one more. Yeah, let's do one more. Yep. So, um, all right. This one is from, we'll call them Queen P. <laughs> That's I what they like call themselves. That. I like that. Um, okay. Communication 911. My boyfriend and I have been together for almost two years now. We have little tiny bickering fights that blow up so easily. Either one of us is usually, either one of us usually overreacts and causes the other to shut down. It's so frustrating. I dream of the days we can go through our fights, learning something new and using better communication practices. 
I'm trying my best to find new techniques that might help our situation. I can put out things that seem triggering to him because I'm actively doing research to better our communication practices, but I feel like I can't point it out without seeming like a know-it-all. Especially because he uses the blame game and constantly claims that he's always wrong and I'm always right. I don't care about who's right or wrong. I just want to be able to have a healthy fight instead of these pointless, destructive ones. What can I do or say to help our communication? Love and light, Queen P. Queen P. Okay, first of all, the comment about I don't want to be a know-it-all to me um, is the 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 story that women have of we can't be too much. We can't be too smart. Right. You know, there's that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's tricky... Tricky territory. Look up Gloria Allred and tell me about too much. That person is amazing. Woman, she's so pioneering things. And people have always told her she's too much because she's been pioneering women's rights and civil rights since the 1970s. And she's a badass. And the the reason why you you probably feel that way is because your partner's shaming. So it makes you feel, it doesn't make you, it... um, it Triggers. inspires a <laughs> feeling of uh, being too much. Like you are no know it all, and you know you're always right and they're always wrong, and now they're going into a victim story about always being wrong. But I'm I'm wondering if so. This is what I would suggest: look at when things start to go downhill. S- sit down with your partner and pay together paint a picture of the steps. When does everything go to shit? Like we're having a conversation, we're having an argument, but it turns into a big old blowout. At what point? Who escalates it by saying what? And how do they say it? And what is the other person looking for? Really dissect that and then discuss some ways that you can show up in different ways. What would work better for you? What would work better for the other person? How can you bring more empowered language into the conversations? Um, if someone is feeling super heated, how can you press pause and take a break and go be alone for five minutes and take some deep breaths and then come back? Um, because if you just get all heated and you go down the downward spiral, yeah, it's scary down there and you get stuck. I agree 100% for sure. I have a partner that is, I think, has a PhD in debate because let me just tell you, oh, he's pretty yeah, damn too. good. Me too. <laughs> he is a, he's an epic debater and He's very good with his words, and uh, I tend to have the same sort of Queen P, the the same, I don't know, I don't think I'm a know-it-all. I know I don't know everything, um, and I tend to call in and love knowing when I am wrong. Like, okay, tell me I'm wrong. But remember, two people have two different perspectives about one situation. One situation can happen. You can interview a group of 12 people, and every single person will have a different account of what happened. So with your partner, you have the best thing to do is listen, understand, try to figure out how to mitigate the situation by finding a common ground. Create that win-win. If you're constantly fighting about the same thing or arguing about the same topic, do your best to find a solution where you're not having to necessarily compromise, but where both of you are feel like you're not sacrificing anything, where you're coming to terms or an agreement that feels good to both of you. And maybe it doesn't feel, ah, that's exactly what I wanted, but it feels good enough where you feel like you can move into a good space. Um, Name calling or (laughs) shaming someone is never the proper way to go. And do give each other space to speak freely where you're doing 80% listening, 20% speaking. Because if one of you is always doing the talking and you just get exhausted, you're like, I just want this to be over with. 
that's not going to create a solution for you. Uh, and I uh, love the, that advice. Yeah. That the, the, I'm sorry. I'm, I just want to move on. That's, I was guilty of that for yeah. years. I swept shit under the rug so much because I just didn't want conflict. Well, I also love, love look, what you just said about looking at how much you listen versus talk. Yeah. The 80-20 of uh, most people are doing 20-80, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen and, and remind your partner if you're in a, an agreement or an argument uh, with them, uh, be like, hey, I'm going to listen 80% of the time and I'm going to talk 20. And please, can you respect me and do the same? I do that with my partner. And then when I feel like he's been uh, overstepping his 80, I'm like, hey, 80, 20, is it my turn? And I and I do it with serious, like, uh, no contempt. I do it with a serious, like, love, full heart, because I do want to come to a solution. And it's not easy. I get pissed. I'll be angry, but I'll be like, okay. So I keep it under wraps, like deep breaths. Yeah. Deep breaths. I get into my zone. I also don't get in my head where I'm like, fuck that. Oh my God, fuck that. I'm level three listening. I'm looking at him. I'm feeling his words. I'm listening and asking for, not permission when I can talk, but feeling the breaks and then letting him know when, uh, okay, I feel as though it's my time to speak. Yeah, I agree with that. I recently got in an argument and <laughs> in the argument, I actually went in there with the intention of giving the other person the floor and letting them do their thing. And I also know that they're good at taking the floor. So I let them take the floor and felt all my stuff. And I, I did chime in at one point, just said one word or, like, or a two word thing. But I let that and they talk for like five or ten minutes. Yeah. And I just let them do their whole thing. And we heard all my internal stuff being like, oh, no, that's wrong. That's not right. This is how it really happened. Get just out of your head and get into the situation. Just I just let them. I heard that stuff going on, but I just yeah. let them go through the whole thing. And then when it seemed like they were slowing down. Then I shared, and I think that that helps them to feel heard, even if you don't fucking agree. Right. It's and you don't have to agree, humans. Just FYI, all you human oh, listeners. No, I didn't agree with half the shit they said. Right. Yeah. And on, <laughs> honestly, we're all, th that's what the beauty is about human beings. We all have different opinions. Yeah. We don't live in a society that is full of basically chaining us to believe something that we don't. Well, we right? do live in a society that thinks we should do it that way, and most, a lot of people do, but... We don't have to. We have free speech and we yeah. have free will. And that's what is beautiful about being a human. So even if you don't agree with someone, you don't have to hate them. Love that they have a different view. Hear their view. You don't have to agree with them. I and mean, just give them the floor for a little while yeah. and listen to your internal dialogue that wants to battle and just let that happen. Like let the internal dialogue just be internal. And then when they slow down, then you can join in and speak with empowered language at that point. And the, the other piece of that you know, is, is the stories that we create. I think if by listening, it can help us to create less stories by the time it's our turn to talk or is it's just less charged. The other thing you can do too is set a timer. Hey, you get five minutes to rant. Then it's my turn yeah. and I'm going to be silent for you. And but you're do listen when they are on their thing. I always try to also correct when I'm not in a, in a heated space with my partner. I'm like, Hey, it's really helpful if we play the game of no blame. So yeah. don't say you made me do no. this. This it's, is all your it's fault. All you about how you this. feel. Come from don't an I feel place. Always or no. never. I hate that shit. I do it on accident <laughs> often. And, and it's, like, it's my peeve. Yeah. And my partner does that to me sometimes when we're in a, such a disagreement. He's like, you always do this. I was like, whoa, whoa, Let's whoa. Let's be clear. I'm Let's, not always yeah. doing this. I'm like, <laughs> I am not always doing this. I'm not perpetually doing anything all the time. So thank you, Queen P, for that question. I think we answered it. And I, I hope that um, all you folks out there, if you do have a burning question, question or comment or 
praise and love. What do you always recommend is take the war out of your words? Is that what you would recommend? I recommend taking the war out of our words, the, the art of the, non the yeah. non-defensive communication. It's an excellent guide to communicating. Also, um, and I've talked about a few books before, but I, I live by them and I breathe by them and I swear by them, but uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, amazing. And it is creating solutions. I studied law. I love negotiation. I love to debate, but also there's an art form to it and there's a way to get your point across and there's ways to um, create win-wins with all people, whether it's your children, if you have kids, whether it's your partner, whether it's friends, whether it's work, there are good solutions. So, and if you need more suggestions for books or tools, I have a plethora. So just write us and let us know and I can send you links and go what? to Amazon on our website. You can go to Amazon through shameless sex and buy all of these books. And that actually helps Amy and I with our podcasting life. Yeah, that it does not support the podcast, but the money that... So what happens is when you buy something, we get a percentage of it. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and some of that money goes to us. Yeah. It doesn't support the podcast. It goes to us. We'll say that. Yes. So go to our link, and you click on the little books on there on the homepage, and you order from Amazon through there, and you or whatever you order through that link... You hook us up. Thank you. We Thank love you. Thank you. So that's the end of that's Sexual Mastery. Cox, penises, DX. Yeah, dick and Sex questions. And sex questions. We have so many awesome things happening in the next few weeks. We're going to bring you a lot of amazing information and more podcasts to come. Ooh, and our next one, I think, is going to be on sexual trauma. Sexual trauma. But yeah, we have a trauma, um, I guess we'll call them an expert. They're a sex Specialist, educator. right. Yeah, yeah, they work with a lot with sexual trauma, consent, negotiation, uh, assault. And remember us to write us a review. We will read it on the air. Well, not all of them, but especially if you want me to do it in an accent, I will work on the accent. I'm sorry that, you know, sometimes I'm not super amazing I with it. I pretty good, Jim. Oh, thanks so much. So everyone, thank you for being a Shameless Sex listener. We absolutely adore each and every one of you. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. And yeah, my, I'm the bottom of my pussy too. Whoa, the <laughs> bottom? <laughs> I don't know. Is there the upper? How about the bottom of her pussy and the upper part of my pussy? Yeah, the hood of the, the pussy. Wait, what? The no, hood of the clit. That's yours. Oh, wait, yeah. I feel like the bottom. <laughs> wait, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is the bottom of the cervix? <laughs> <laughs> so tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your grandma, tell your dad. Listen to Shameless cat. Sex. Can you cat? And we will see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.